On this week's episode, we will be discussing our low vision and how it affects our mental health. We'll talk about some of the unsaid anxieties that come with being blind and low vision. So stick around. Hi, and welcome to Rare with Flair, the podcast where two 20-somethings with the same rare disease are living our best lives. I'm your host, Casey. And I'm your host, Cassandra. So, yay May. <laughs> yay May, everybody. Happy May. Happy May. What did you do last weekend, Case? I had quite a weekend last weekend. On Friday night, I went to a Redbirds game, which is like our local... Um, baseball team and Ooh. I'm not a sports person but it was really cool it was COVID safe we had pod seating so it How felt cool. really fancy it was really cool because if you had to get up to go to the bathroom there was nobody in your row so you don't have to like push oh. past everybody did you yeah. take pictures I want to see I took some pics I will show you and then on Saturday I went to one of my best friends graduations from grad school so that was also fun Holla, congrats and then on, on Sunday, for us, it was Mother's Day. So that was fun. And I hung out with my family. I had a really busy weekend, everybody. And I used my cane for all of these events. And we're definitely going to talk about that more in this episode, that I'm really trying to become more of a, maybe not completely full-time, but more of a full-time cane user than I have been. Yay! So, and what did you do this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Oh, I did a lot of cooking. Uh, if I you guys that. have been around here for a bit, you guys know that I really love to cook, and I've like really doubled down on my my new hobby. Um, I mean, I've always liked cooking, so you know, but it's been a lot of fun. On Saturday, I went to the farmers market in the morning, which was really fun. But it was one of those things where like there were lots of dogs outside, and I had my guide dog Ramana, and she's. You know, she's really good and she's really smart. But again, we haven't been working like as, you know, nearly as much as we used to pre-pandemic. So um, she was a little distracted. However, it was just so much worth like having her there. And I I think there are a lot of situations that came out of that that I feel like I'll reference later on in this episode. Just because like it was one of those things of like, okay, this is an official like very you're out in public again um almost pre-pandemic except i i think that most people were wearing masks but honestly who knows i had no idea i couldn't see um (laughs) but it was really bright out i got my first sunburn of the season oh first sunburn of the season yeah highly recommend having an aloe plant though oh aloe plant i love that i need to get that i do not have an aloe plant but Kind of on what you were saying, I feel like during the pandemic, when we weren't going anywhere, it was really easy for us to forget we were blind sometimes because we weren't having to do anything in the world. And we've both been talking lately, and I think this episode is super appropriate for the time because now that we've been going out and doing more things again, we're like, oh yeah, we're running into all of these weird situations in public all the time now that we kind of forgot existed during the pandemic. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and I was thinking... and. I was talking to my mom about this and she mentioned um, because I I was like, I don't know if it's that I'm more light sensitive or that these days or it's that I am just less used to being in bright light all the time Mm. because I'm home so much. I get to adjust the light to my preference. Yeah. And 
you know, I will go outside. It's not like I, I'm like a hermit, but still <laughs> I don't go out every single day. And so it just being out in the sun is like even more exhausting than I feel like it used to be for me. Yeah. So yeah. Ugh. And with the summer coming too, it gets even brighter. So it's just yeah. like, uh, first sun bright, first weekend. eye fatigue. <laughs> a Good times. Weekend. Yeah. But yeah, later Good that time. night I had some friends come over and then for Mother's Day I cooked a brunch and I was so oh, excited. Oh, brunch. I love that. <laughs> I love your cooking like stories on this pod and we're following your, with your New York Times, what is it? Your New York Times. Um, New York Times cooking. Cooking. Yeah. <laughs> subscription that you got. So that's, it's like, what subscriptions do you have? New York Times cooking. I love it. Absolutely. Um, so worth it for my life. <laughs> It's definitely worth it for you. So, everyone, let's hop on into the topic. Today, like we said in the cold open, we're talking about mental health and how our vision affects our our everyday life, kind of. We're going to touch on different anxieties we go through. Um, We're also going to touch on depression and just how our vision affects our mental health. And I think there are so many situations that we get into that are where we feel uneasy or unsure and we're not trying to like I don't know as we were writing all these down I was thinking oh gosh this episode kind of feels negative because I don't want it to just be talking about all the bad times but I think it's also going to be kind of funny too like I'm hoping it'll be a little bit like you can laugh too if you if you um relate yeah it's like I don't know if you if you find things that are just a little bit cringy like laughable you might enjoy this episode but yeah. yeah, we also thought it was like good to talk about because May is Mental Health Awareness Month and we wanted to just bring attention to the importance of mental health and however you experience it. And uh, yeah, so make sure to take care of yourselves in May. We put way too much thought into when we release these episodes. Like we, we're, we will have certain ones we think of and we say, no, we got to save that for the summer or, or like even our <laughs> dating episode, we had to save till February. Like we really try to like have themed months and themed things. So yeah, we love, we love a mental health episode in May. It's definitely a good time. So let's just start off. We have a list and I'll start us off. I think the first thing we're going to talk about is kind of blaming certain fears on our vision and when and when not to do that and I wanted to tell a quick story that I have told Cassandra but I wanted to tell our listeners okay I throughout my life have been to a few different therapists or counselors and I feel like a lot of times it's hard for them to understand my vision because they're just seeing me sitting in a room they're not seeing me interact in the world and I have a fear of fire. I don't like fire. And I had one therapist who would tell me, oh, you're afraid of fire because if your house caught on fire, you'd have trouble seeing your way out. It's because of your vision. And I just thought that was so silly. And, I, and I'm and i like, no, it's not because of my vision. I just don't like fire. I'm allowed to have weird fears that don't have to do with my vision. <laughs> but then I had this other therapist who I was telling that I'm uneasy walking my dog alone in the mornings. Um, and I was telling her it's because I can't see, see what's around me. And she kind of was saying, oh, well, you don't need to blame all your fears on your vision. So she was doing the opposite of what the other one did and saying, don't blame your fears on your vision. And bottom line, I was telling Cass, like, we know when a fear is caused by our vision and when a fear isn't. Does that make sense? Do you, do you feel that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I'm afraid of, like, I have a big fear of having, like, mice or bugs in my house like like an infestation is probably my worst fear of any kind um 
And I think part of it is due to my vision because I do like I, I do try to be very clean. Uh, I try not to leave like dirty dishes around or things that would attract bugs. But that is sort of a vision related fear, too, because if there were bugs, I, I probably wouldn't see a lot of them. And so it scares me to know that there may be things that I'm not really aware of. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, there are just things that, like, freak people out, and and that doesn't have to be related to right. just your disability. Right. I have other fears that are not disability-related. So, yeah, we kind of just have to look deep inside ourselves and ask, is this vision-related? So I thought that was a good place to start us, but we can move on to the next one now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, and that, and that was totally worth talking about because, yeah. you know... You don't have to blame everything on your disability, but you obviously, since it's a part of you, it's going to have a pretty major role in your life, and it will probably also shape a lot of what the things that scare you. Yeah, that's true. But not all of them. So one thing I wanted to talk about was, and and we want to also mention like the things that we're going to talk about. Like I don't know. Speaking for myself, like, they don't per se cause me to feel tremendous panic. Um, You know, I I wouldn't say that I have significant mental health issues exclusively because of my vision, and we'll mention that again later. But um, these are just, we just kind of wanted to talk about situations that, like, do give us a mild anxiety around the time that it's happening um, and and that they are vision related. So I just wanted to clarify that um, before going forward. But one thing that I feel like is a bit anxiety producing is finding things. Um, And that could be like finding people at a restaurant. We've mentioned that in our like yep. our episode on deer-sighted people. Deer-sighted people. <laughs> so, okay, I don't think I've told this story on this podcast. If I have, forgive me, but it was worth it was it maybe worth retelling, especially for this moment. So, I was in college and I was taking an Uber out of campus to a hair salon Um, and I was really tired and that semester I had actually been struggling with a lot of mental health related things but not because of my vision. So I get this Uber and I get in and I'm like ready to go, got my headphones in and the driver turns around and says, I'm not your Uber, get out of my car. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. And I was like, oh, my God, I just got into a stranger's car. It that's was scary. the same color as my Uber. And yeah. and there was a it was during it was broad daylight. So that's the good thing. Um, And there was a campus policeman right around there. And I think he thought I was maybe on something. Um, yeah. And so he was like, ma'am, are you okay? And I appreciated that he was looking out. And I was just so embarrassed. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm really sorry. I just was looking for my Uber. And, uh. and so that caused me to now every single time I take an Uber, I like check the license plate. Like I, I make a point to walk to the back of the car if they don't say my yeah. name. And I like get close to the plate just so I can check because I... I would never want that to happen again. Yeah, no, finding Ubers is actually really anxiety producing for me, too. I feel like they're easier to find here than they were in New York since New York was so busy and there were so many Ubers. I had one time where, like, 
it took me so long to find the Uber that by the time I got in the car, the man got really, really mad at me for taking so long. And he was saying, I was right there. Why didn't you see me? And and I actually didn't want to get into the whole I'm blind thing. So I lied and I said, I don't have my glasses with me today. (laughs) I said, no, 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 no. This is what happened. Sorry, this is what happened. I said, sorry, I can't see well. So I actually wasn't lying up front. I said, sorry, I can't see well. He said, well, don't you have glasses? And I said, I forgot them at home. That's That's funny. So I wasn't like lying out the gate, but I didn't want to get into it with him. I didn't want to be like, well, my vision isn't corrected by glasses. It's a rare disease called Hermansky-Pudlak syndrome. He's already being mean to me. So that's what happened. That's what happened. I was like, I forgot them. So anyway, it it is really anxiety producing to find Ubers, to find Mm -hmm. like room numbers. And and, like um, if you're going to like a doctor's appointment or like a class in college or something, finding a room Mm -hmm. or a building, um, even just finding buildings. I remember I was going to a Bible study when I was in New York and I couldn't find the apartment building and I looked for 30 minutes and then I just turned around and went home I, d- I gave I've up I've absolutely done that I've you absolutely have. done that yeah no and and when you when you were saying like how oh my gosh I'm sure when you were saying that the driver was upset because you couldn't see him and and you couldn't find him I've been on those in in that situation where like you're on the phone with the driver and you're like I'm standing right here I'm like right uh. here and I and especially if, if I'm in an unfamiliar city, like I, I, I travel, and so sometimes like I don't know where I am. I can't read the street sign. I'm like I'm behind yeah. a building. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. So hard. Finding a friend in a restaurant, all those it's kind of so things. Tough. Finding finding things, finding places and people. It's definitely in the moment. It can feel really like you're like drowning. In the oh moment. yeah, yeah. No, it feels asphyxiating. Like it's it so. Um, So if we're ready to move on from that, I'm sure we can talk about that for a while. But my next one is knowing people's intentions. Mm -hmm. I I think this can affect us in many different ways at many different times. One of the ones I wanted to talk about was I walk my dog alone in the mornings, like I said. And I when I see people and other dogs outside, I can't actually see them. I'll I'll see maybe like a, um, a figure of someone or like my sometimes I'll be able to tell if my dog can see something that I can't see. And I've had, like, stray dogs run out on us before without a leash on, so I can never tell if the dogs are leashed. I can never, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I had a specific moment, though, where I was walking my dog with my mom, and a car pulled up next to us and started slowing down and, like, stopped right next to us. And it freaked me out, and I asked my mom, like, what is that car doing? And she said, oh, it's just a lady, and she's on her phone, like, look texting or looking at directions or something. And, you know, luckily I had my mom there to tell me what was going on, but we don't know. We can't see people's intentions. We can't see people inside cars. We can't even see mm-hmm. people outside of cars if they're walking towards <laughs> us or not. Or, you know, we just can't, we cannot see that. And that can be a scary no. thing. Right. And there, you know, there are some really scary statistics out there of how often people with disabilities uh, are assaulted. And, like, it's scary because we we almost always have to be a little bit on guard when we're outside because we don't have the advantage of being able to, to see people's intentions. And, like, I remember, so I once, only one time I took a Greyhound bus, um, and I will never do it again because it was terrifying and I was alone like it was mm-hmm. me and my guide dog and so at the at the station at the other city that I was leaving from I was standing outside I was on the phone and it just it felt like someone was following me and oh. I was already on edge because I just 
you know, being in a Greyhound station, if you've been there, you know, like, mm-hmm. it just, it, it's unnerving. But on a lighter note, sometimes it's just more awkward and not necessarily as anxiety producing. If you're just, if you're having a conversation with someone and then they're like, they're looking at you and it's like, I think they want something from me, like me to say something but you can't necessarily gauge their facial expression to know exactly what's going on. So it just feels uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, even just not being able to see someone's facial expression, I don't think people realize how helpful that would be for us. If we mm-hmm. could just see a facial expression. Are you staring at us? Are you angry with us? Like, we don't know. And uh-huh. and also, like, kind of going off of that, which is kind of a different direction that we won't talk about for long, is just also... We can't give a physical description of people in crimes. So if we were assaulted right. or if something did happen to us and they asked us, you know, who who did it and what do they look like? I mean, Mm-mm. we would not be a great source for that. And that's also frightening, too. Right. And it's something that, like, we have to be aware of for our own safety. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I think another... Another thing uh, we wanted to mention that also might be a little just more on the awkward side is staying in a place longer than you want. And that could go a couple different directions. But when I was thinking of this, the first thing that came to my mind was my trip to the farmer's market this weekend. I It was super bright outside. I had... I had tinted contacts in. I had sunglasses on. They're polarized sunglasses and. I had my guide dog and I still really couldn't see anything outside. So I would go up to the stalls and I would ask them like, hey, what are you selling here? And it was, it was nice because the people in general were very helpful and friendly and they like would tell me what it is they had. But there was this mild pressure to stay there longer than I wanted to. If I could see, I would probably have just glanced. And there was, like, a pressure also to, like, buy from them because they took out of their time to tell me what they have there. And now then they're, I I feel obligated to carry on a conversation or buy something I don't really want. But it's, it's like, if I could see, I would be browsing. But I'm not. And so here I am. And I don't want to stay here, but I have to. Yeah, it takes (laughs) more time and attention And I've been in that situation many times, definitely. And another thing about, like, staying longer than you want, um, which is kind of not related to that, but also, um, like, it it applies to this, is when you're going to a party or something and and someone is driving you because we can't drive... And you want to leave early, but you can't leave because you're relying on someone to drive you home. I have avoided parties back in college. I would avoid going to parties because I didn't want to go home at three in the morning and I didn't know who would be able to take me. So that's also an anxiety producing thing, too. Right. And like, yeah, you could say like, oh, you could take an Uber, but it just feels weird if like, I don't know, you already committed to someone that was going to give you a ride. Also... This is going to age me, but I didn't really have Uber in college. Like, we didn't do that. That is Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I went to college 10 years ago. I literally started my freshman year 10 years ago. Um, and that was not a thing. So, Yeah, I feel like Uber's been around only more so for the past, like, six-ish years. And in bigger so. cities, too, I feel like, had it first before us. Yeah. Before me. That makes a lot of that sense. Was, yeah. yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Context. <laughs> context. Nope. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, and I feel like that's a good and different um, take on the same question or the same thought. Definitely. Okay, the next thing, and this one is a broad, broad topic, but it's just feeling anxious or uncomfortable using tools. So we talk a lot about our cane and our guide dog all the time and how I could go on and on, but just the unwanted attention that you get and also the Mm. fact that we're not totally blind and we, you know, have had moments where people will make comments and accuse us of faking blindness. And I don't know about you, Cass, but I get uncomfortable or anxious if I have to do something visual when I have my cane with me and there are a lot of people watching. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous. Perfect example. (laughs) I was at my friend's graduation this weekend and he wanted me to take a picture of him and I had my cane with me and there were a ton of people around and I said actually like it's making me anxious to like be seen taking a photo holding a cane with all these people watching because I should not be able to see which I do see but I think like I was sorry I don't want to go off on a tangent but I have to I have to finish this thought because it's important to me we grew up always faking being sighted our whole lives we Mm -hmm. overcompensated we tried to make eye contact we tried so hard to act sighted and now that we're grown and we're using these tools we don't want to act blinder than we are either but we're so used to acting sighted that I don't even know how to act I don't even know what's I just I need to just act like me but I don't even know what what me is I don't even know what that is because it's so ingrained in me to act so sighted all the time right and like for context like no one forced us to do these things. It was like more of a an environmental pressure that we needed to to like do these things to to have the eye contact to you know if you are in a sighted world and you still have some vision, you're expected to act as sighted as you possibly can. And so we we don't really know where that middle ground is. Yes. Because on sometimes we're like really, really working way too hard and giving, like forcing ourselves on more eye fatigue. But on the other side, like there are some things that we could see that, I don't know, sometimes I've pretended not to see something because I didn't want to look too sighted for my dog. Yes. Yes. Well, that's... And it's... It's so awkward. I mostly do that in airports, though, FYI. It's like, oh, no, can't see. We would never fake blind or tell people that we're totally blind. But Mm -mm. there have been been more times than we would like to admit when we're with our tools that we we do, I don't know, maybe act a little blinder than we are. But then uh, with flipping that coin, there are also times where we act more sighted than we are. And when people say, oh, look over there, we act like we can see it when we can't. Yeah, and this and this ties into our our new yes. zero tolerance policy and how we're we're trying to to you know find that middle ground the best that we can and part of that like we've mentioned in recent episodes and part of that is just like not trying to pretend to be so sighted anymore like we can't keep it does a disservice to us (laughs) it does a disservice to the people around us and we have done it for so long and i'm over it the older i get if i need to take a minute longer to Mm -mm. look at a step to know where i'm stepping i'm gonna do that because usually i just i try to act so sighted i just like go with it really quickly and i'm like no people around me need to know that this is like not easy i don't know i don't know yeah yeah have you ever let me ask you this in this I, I hope I hope you've done this but if not that makes sense too have you ever held 
something that was, you know, normal print far away from your face, pretend knew what it said, but pretended like you could read it just so that you wouldn't look blind. I have absolutely sometimes when I'm in public, like texting, I'll like try to hold my phone further away or like I don't Yeah. I don't know why. Listen, people, it's complex. Our lives, it's complex. It's really hard. It's really hard. <laughs> um and one more thing, though, with the using tools and feeling uncomfortable, I was talking to Cass about this. We also kind of wonder how our friends feel around us when we're using our cane and guide dog, because the fact of the matter is we are getting stared at. We are everyone is looking at us mm-hmm. when we have these things. And sometimes I wonder if if my friends feel uncomfortable with all that extra attention. They didn't ask for that. Or you you also have to wonder, maybe some people like the attention because it looks like they're like the good Samaritan right. being friends with the blind person. Right. And like, of course, like your good friends, you know, that they don't care enough to the point that they wouldn't like want to be your friend. No, of course but, not. No, but you got to kind of wonder. I mean, they all probably feel differently a little yeah. bit. They all react differently. They're all different people. I but. think it's really interesting since I get to play both sides of the field with the cane and the guide dog. Um just oh, seeing yeah. how people re- people react so differently to both of those tools. And with the cane, oh, it's yeah. the part the seas effect. And people love that. Like, my friends, when they're with me, oh, they yeah. love the part the seas effect. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. Do you ever have a little kid run in front of you and their parent is petrified? Yes! Petrified yes! that you're going to kill their child. <laughs> and they grab them as fast <laughs> as possible. And I can... I can see it happening. That's the funniest part. Yeah. I'm like, I can see this going. It's really down not that far from us. <laughs> no, it's not that far. The kid will be right in front of me. I'm like, I'm not gonna hit your child. I'm gonna try not to hit your child. If I can, <laughs> yeah. If I can help it, I won't. But yeah, if I can help it, I won't. Uh, yeah, but the 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 guide dog. It's just the adoring looks everywhere you go, and they give you like these like. I, I, not that I can see, but I've had people tell me that they give you the, the like, yeah. oh, the, oh, the puppy dog look. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny. And yeah. like. No, even at the graduation, my friends were saying, hey, everyone is staring at you right now. Yes. Like, and yes. I don't know. Like, we don't know. I, we're like, there oh, are they some are? points <laughs> where you can feel the stares, but you'll be, you, believe it or not, you really can't feel them most of the time. And so you get used to yeah. being in your own little world because you can't see too much outside of it. And so. Yeah, I remember being at Disney World with Ravana and relieving her outside and my brother Carlos, who was like, I just want you to know that everyone around you is watching and... (laughs) Can you imagine us together, like me and you together, how much we get stared at with the cane and the guide dog? It's like our cover art comes to life. (laughs) Not just one blind girl, but two. Not just one blind girl, but two. (laughs) We'd be so cute, though. Let's be real. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So... One uh, Another thing we wanted to talk about is new things. And I think most people can understand being a little bit afraid of new things. But new things in terms of, like, vision, especially things that are visually intense. Like, one of the things we were thinking of is, like, a yoga class. Um, you mm. know, if you're going with a friend... You might talk to the instructor beforehand, but you might not. And it might be uncomfortable. And, you know, you're doing your best to follow along. And depending on how descriptive descriptive the instructor is, you might be okay. But it's just one of those things where you have to, you have to figure out, like, what's worth it to you. Um, Yeah. And so 
that's one of the like new stuff that is always hard is that you know after every new college class I would take when I was in college I would talk to each professor but I knew I was going to be in their course for you know a semester but a yoga class like is it worth it Right, if you're just going once to try it out or something. And I think, like, yeah, the key word here is new things. Like, I think if you were going to this yoga class every week, you'd start to learn the poses mm-hmm. and get a feel for it and be fine. But the first few times going somewhere like that, yeah, is it worth it to tell the instructor? Is it worth it to try? Or are you just going to look like you're not paying attention when you don't get it right or whatever right. in front of everyone? You know, it's like, it's, and sometimes it's not. I went to some yoga classes in New York that were like a one off thing, you know, and I just yeah. didn't tell them. Who cares? But, yeah, I mean, it is it is hard with new new things like that and even like traveling and airports and right. like any kind of new place. It can be a little bit anxiety producing of I've never been here before. Yeah, and so I, I think with that a good way that I've learned to cope, especially with travel, is like trying to take a little extra time to really get to know the place. I think a lot of um, blind and low vision people end up doing this and like... Maybe try and, and orient yourself a little bit around the building. If you're going to be at a hotel for a conference for a few days, you know, it may be worth spending that extra time just to get to know the place um, for that weekend that you're going to be there so that you're not completely yeah. lost. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, the next one is just being kind of scared to ask for accommodations and you know, when to ask, when to disclose your disability. Um, It could be in the workplace. It could be at school. It could be just anywhere, like even yoga class, (laughs) any kind of accommodation. It can be scary. You could be scared that the person would discriminate against you or not hire you or not want to help you and that or that you could be turned down um, for accommodations. I remember like when I would take acting classes and stuff, Sometimes I would ask for accommodations and sometimes they would never get back to me on email and it's just hard sometimes, you know? Yeah, I think I definitely feel this. It's not even like an accommodation, but I do take a lot of Ubers and Lyfts and I will say I feel like a little mild panic every time I I try and get into a new car because I know that it could happen that this is the time they reject me. It's happened a lot. Um, and so... Oh, with your guide dog. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's... And it's really, like... It's just... I don't know. I get so mad when they reject me. Like, I'm just so upset mm. and I'm, like, so hurt. Because, you know, usually... I, I mean, obviously, I'm taking an Uber because I have to go somewhere. And yeah. first of all, they're probably going to make me late. And second of all, it's just mean. Like, it's just so oh, it's mean. Just not right. It's and they illegal. clearly don't care... And so it's just, I don't know, it makes you feel crappy. (laughs) Definitely. Like, I mean, if you've listened to our personality episode, you all know that I'm really sensitive. And I'm also like, I'm afraid of like getting in trouble or like, I'm afraid of confrontation sometimes with like strangers specifically. Like I can do confrontation with people in my life, but like strangers, I don't want confrontation with like an Uber driver. And so I can't imagine having a guide dog and like getting rejected. I mean, that just sounds truly tragic and sad and scary and all the and mad I'd feel all the feelings like even getting rejected at like a restaurant or any of those places like where they can't accommodate that happened before yeah that's really awful 
I like I had my I mean I have to I have to <clears throat> freshen it up now that I'm getting back into the world because yeah <laughs> it t- it got covered in dust but I had my like my ADA like well the Americans <laughs> with Disabilities Act prevents it blah, 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 and I, like I would go on my thing and then they would get upset and sometimes they wouldn't like listen and sometimes yeah. they would sometimes they'd be yeah. like okay fine whatever. But it's still, like, not awesome because they didn't want you there in, in the first place. Like, right. yeah, you won, but it's not. You won, but it's, like, Actually, awkward. this, I don't know if this is the time to tell my my litigation story. I sued someone once. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell beca- us. Yeah. So, um, uh, four years ago, I was trying to sublet an apartment. Um, and I'll try to I'll try to keep it brief, but I was trying to sublet an apartment for the summertime. I was having an internship, and um, it was through like a friend, and um, and she was gonna let me sublease because she was getting married, and uh, it was it was just it was a whole thing because they ran it by the landlady, and the landlady was not having the fact that I had a service dog. Um, she said a lot of things some of which were that like she was you know quote-unquote concerned for my well-being and that she uh didn't think she just didn't want the dog in the house and then she turned it into i don't think she's competent enough to basically live here and then she tried to charge me extra money for having the dog which is also illegal um so it was just, it was so stressful because I was coming out of finals and it was two days before I had to move out of the place I was living in and I had nowhere to live. Mm. And so it was, it was a really, really difficult situation. And, and God swooped in because <laughs> again, two days before I had to move, I found someone else that desperately needed a sublet and it ended up being like, perfectly located for my needs that summer so really it it did work out but I like I pushed I pushed forward with that because that wasn't okay and I didn't want anyone else to get caught in that situation with at least that landlady and so I like I took it to the civil rights commission and we had like a like a, a, a hearing it wasn't like a formal hearing it was like a I don't know if you were ever, like, in college and you ever, like, had a roommate dispute, but, like, when the RA would mediate, it was that Mm. kind of a thing. Uh Uh-huh. And I, like, I studied. Like, I I brought my my copy of the ADA. I had it highlighted. I had the emails printed where she said all of this incriminating stuff. Mm. And she had brought her attorney and I brought my dog and (laughs) she... I mean, the attorney didn't even have the emails and like he didn't really have anything to say after that because it was all written down. And so it was just one of those things that like, I'm glad that I went through with it. Um, But in the moment, it was like, it was infuriating. It was so upsetting that I couldn't find a place to live. And this old woman... She was an old woman. I'm just. She was saying you were incompetent to live. Yeah, she ridiculous. And even in in the mediation, she was saying like, "Well, I didn't know if you could go up and downstairs." Well, she didn't even bother to ask. First of all, and second of all, it shows how much she knew. Exactly. I think, like, I'm so glad you did that. I remember when it all went down. But, like, you had to teach her a lesson for, like you said, yeah. for future people that might go through this, that this is and wrong really, and it's like, illegal. 
my terms were like mostly on the side that she would take some sort of like civil rights commission courses for like how to not discriminate against people. Like that was really all I wanted was for her to, to learn that that was not going to be okay. And that she couldn't charge people extra money to live there uh, Mm -hmm. and, and make them feel crappy. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's, yeah, and and this is the reason why I'm really glad that we are doing this podcast and that we are advocates because the more we talk about it just with each other and online, the more comfortable we we are with the lingo, the more comfortable we are with our ourselves and our blindness and all of that. So I feel like even though I'm not going to get into, like, a legal dispute because I don't have a guide dog, I think, like, just in general, standing up for myself and, like, if people did accuse me of faking blindness, I have the vocabulary and have the, the like, ability mm-hmm. to really speak up for myself and say exactly what's going on and what I need because – I think the more confident you are in your disability, the more you can advocate for yourself. And this this goes for any accommodation you might need or any discrimination you might face. Like, it's so important to be confident and be able to to speak about it. And I think I could speak about my blindness like, you know, for an hour very easily. And I think that's important because you might it might come across moments in life like that. Yeah, no kidding. So um, so that's sort of what we had to say mostly on on just. A handful of things that can produce anxiety. We also wanted to touch on depression. Um, I know, Case, you've gotten asked this before on, like, your YouTube videos. But we just kind of wanted to, yeah, mention it. I can say that I personally don't really struggle with depression as it comes with my blindness. I feel that I... I grew up in a really supportive environment. I think that helped a lot with shaping my ideas about my disability. I think that also, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But because I've not lost my vision, as I know a lot of people might have, that's really traumatic and difficult. Um, and it can be like super difficult to lose something like that and then to learn to adapt. So my, I mentioned this before on previous episodes, like episode six, my, my uh, difficulties and struggles with mental health are more related to my traumatic uh, physical health history and um, not as related to the blindness itself. Yeah. So... I don't know. That's kind of all I had to say. Yeah, I think I get this question a lot. I get the question, you know, how do you have a positive attitude about it or do you get depression about it? And, okay, my attitude is not always positive about it. There are hard times, but there's a difference between hard times and depression. I agree with Cassandra. I've had hard times where I'm in the dumps about it, but I've never been depressed specifically over my... My blindness, I think, like she said, I was born with it, all of that, la-di-da. You, you've all heard our, you know, our Cures episode is a great um, resource also to understand, mm-hmm. like, where we stand on this. But, yeah, I agree with Cass. Like, my mental illness issues more so come from my unpredictable health history and um, stuff I've been through with that. And it's not the same as Cass's, but I think we can kind of relate in a, in, in a sense with, like, it's not really our vision. Mm-hmm. It's like our other, our body falling apart in other ways yeah. that has like given us some some baggage, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah. And it's affected us in different ways. It's manifested in different ways. And we did talk about it in episode six, I think toward the end. So, but we wanted to touch on the depression mm-hmm. thing because we do get asked that a lot. 
Right. And yeah, of course, there are times where it's like super frustrating. Oh, I yeah. mean, see all above scenarios yeah, that we've mentioned, you know. <laughs> all the, yes, definitely. Absolutely. But yeah. So, you know, thanks for coming to our mental health episode. But we, <laughs> we have, have again. again. Okay. I literally try <laughs> to make my singing on the a game sound worse and worse every time we do it. Like, I'm like, how bad, how bad can I make myself sound on a game? <laughs> Oh, yes, a game. For today's game, we were like, hey, it's May. Happy May. We are excited for summertime. We're gearing up, and we want to do a little summertime fun game and ask each other questions that are summertime themed. Do you want to go first? Okay, my first question is, how many pairs of sunglasses do you currently own and use? That is such a good question because so as you as most of you know <laughs> with albinism we have light sensitivity so we do wear sunglasses a lot. The funny thing about this is I this is going to be shocking. It's going to be shocking. I only own 3 pairs of sunglasses and I literally just rotate them. I feel like a lot of people with albinism have like 100 pairs, but I really <laughs> I really don't. What about you? I am the same way. Go when I was little, go. my mom had all kinds of cute little sunglasses, and I had so many of them. But right now, I just have a red pair and a pink pair. I love that. I have a black pair, it. a pink pair, and a white pair. My first question for you is, what is your favorite summer clothing item? Ooh, there's so many cute summer outfits. Uh, I... I don't know. I really love cute dresses. Mm-hmm. I love a matching set. Um, yeah. I um, hmm. That's so hard. Actually, you know what though? I wear a lot of hats. Oh, um, I love a hat. So I have a lot of wide brimmed hats, and I'm always excited to wear a hat. Uh, I never used to. Oh, I me. Mean, I've always worn hats, but like there are times in my life that I was like, this is so much extra. But like you guys. I don't know how I would survive without a hat these days. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's helpful for the sunlight. And you do look really cute in your wide-brimmed hats, for Thanks, sure. Babe. I think, yeah, like sundresses. I mean, I'm obsessed. I think I overall like my winter wardrobe better as far as, like, shoes and sweaters and stuff and, like, the layering and all that. But – and I love jackets and coats. But mm, – I love layering. I, but as far as dresses go, summer dresses are where – beat winter dresses hands down. I mean, summer dresses are so fun. Like, oh. No. I love They're so flowy color. and happy and they're always cute colors. Floral in my case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're so fun. I love that. Okay. I don't know if this is like just me, but are you a mosquito magnet? Because I yes. am. Yes. Yes. I What's hate your it. blood type? I... A positive? Oh, yeah. No. See, I'm O negative and they say that mosquitoes like O negative. I I don't know, but I am That's really funny. I will be outside with like four people, no one gets bitten by a mosquito. I get like 80 bites. Yeah. I, I I wear repellent, but it doesn't always It help. doesn't work. It they doesn't find help. like the little piece that I missed. It's our blood disorder. No, I'm kidding. But um, I have no idea. But no, Who knows? We me. got the sugar cookie platelets. That's Maybe they <laughs> like that. <laughs> Maybe they like our tasty platelets. Um, okay. <laughs> disgusting. What? This conversation went in a disgusting I direction. I love this. <laughs> okay. Um, next. Okay. We, 
we're okay spoiler alert we may or may not do a whole episode on on sun protection and all of that fun stuff but i wanted to ask you this because i know you're gonna have a fun time answering it what is your favorite sunscreen brand slash i know you recently bought sunscreen that you might want to talk about you guys, I'm going to explode. I'm so excited. She's so excited, everybody. I've gotten okay. multiple voice memos about this topic. <laughs> okay, so first, uh, the first part of the question is like, for years, um, I've used the same kind of sunscreen and I, and I swore by it. It was um, like the Neutrogena Ultra Sheer Sunscreen. Um, I liked it a lot because it wasn't super greasy. Uh, it went on sort of powdery, so like you weren't sticky and you didn't look uh like even whiter when you put it on um and i might save my little like the majority of my little rant for yeah yeah i don't want to this is like a teaser this is a teaser but i did just buy some new sunscreen um and i saw it in 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 an instagram targeted ad but seriously like they got me so good because so the brand is called super goop and I'm just, I'm so excited to try it because they make it look, like, so beautiful. I, I feel like sunscreen always, I don't know, I always, people make you feel crappy for wearing sunscreen. I'll just leave it at that. And so this is a brand that makes it seem beautiful and normal and it's like a beauty product and their branding is adorable. Lots of bright yellow and you guys know yellow is my thing. Um... I even called them today to, to ask a question about my order, and they greeted you with, hello, sunshine, and I died. So We'll save your full review and rant for a, maybe a future app, but, like, that was a good little teaser. Um, yeah. So what is yours? This is a great question. I don't really have a favorite. I kind of switch around. I like Hawaiian Tropic. I like this other one called Kiss My Face. Um, I like Neutrogena. I don't really have one that I'm like die hard on, but maybe I'll keep looking and find one. I really like how Hawaiian Tropic smells because it has a coconut smell and that's like my favorite smell. So I do like that. That's so funny. I feel like sometimes when people haven't eaten much coconut in their lives like remember guys i'm puerto rican so yeah. like coconuts in our blood Consider the um, coconut. that's not puerto rico but yeah whatever I, I whenever someone talks about a coconut i have to sing moana sorry everybody no like i feel it's really funny though when like people actually taste coconut they're like it tastes like sunscreen smells i'm like no it tastes like coconut yeah, like no, i love coconut what are you saying i love it i love it um okay you're next it's so good Okay, so, um, what, (laughs) what do you do when you're caught outside without good sun protection on? What do you do, like, how do you try and remedy the situation when you're like, oh no, I'm in too deep, I thought I was just going out for a minute, and now (laughs) I'm out for a while. I usually just panic. (laughs) No, not really, I don't really panic, but like, yeah, there's not really a good way to remedy it. Sometimes... Like, if it's, like, the back of my neck I feel burning, I'll, like, pull my shirt up a little higher and try to... (laughs) I do that! I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, But luckily, I don't really get in that situation too, too often. But sometimes I will go walk my dog and be like, dang it, I forgot to apply today. But that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah. I feel like as we've gotten older, we're getting better with our sun protection. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I... I've tried the umbrella thing. Oh, yeah? Like, if you, I I mean, if I happen to find myself, like, maybe in the car with my parents and I'm like, oh, no, I didn't reapply, SOS, 
I'll try and just like walk around with an umbrella. Mary poppins it up. It helps. Mary poppins it up, you know. She's an icon. (laughs) She's a queen. She Um, is. Okay, my next one is just a this or that, and it's kind of a boring question, but I actually do want to know your answer. Pool or beach? Oh. Huh. Um, hmm. It's a hard one. It is a hard one. they're, They're good for different times. They are. So I've never been much of a beach person because... I just think it's altogether too bright. Uh, yeah. And it's like, it feels like a lot of work for me. I mean, no shade, because I know you love the beach. But, um, yeah, the sunscreen, the reflection on the sand and the water. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I also, like, I, I don't know. I feel like the beach is exhausting, though. It's, like, the kind of thing that it's, like, you come home and you feel oh, yeah. Just exhausted. Oh, it is. And it you is. might not have done anything. It is. But it is. you're tired. You're tired and hungry. But so, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't go to either very often. Not gonna lie. So. I think the the beach, I love the sound and the smell of the ocean. I really love it. I don't mm. like sand. I hate yeah. sand. I hate I it. I hate sand. Um, I like the pool, though, too, a lot. I just like being near water and, like, laying out and relaxing. Um, so, I like both for, for different times. Do you lay, how do you lay out though? Do you lay out under an umbrella? It depends. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll switch. I'll do like 20 minutes out, 20 minutes under. Um, I really lather up on sunscreen and sometimes I just won't take my clothes off. Like at the beach, I'll just wear a big t-shirt and not take it off. Like I'll wear a swimsuit underneath, but if I don't want to get a lot of my skin exposed, Mm. I'll just like wear a big shirt. And then, yeah, like I like being out in the sun. I know it's like a terrible like thing because I shouldn't be out there but i love the sun i love i hate cloudy days i love the sunshine i like seek it even though it's so bad because we burn i like see the the face cassandra's giving me right now on facetime (laughs) you're like how okay i mean i'm glad and people like sunshine but it exhausts me if it's like sunny outside i'm like uh, it's it not, I mean, it is a nice day. I just love the war- the feeling of the warmth on my skin. I don't like the feeling on my eyes. Like, yeah, okay, here's true. what I do, too. If I'm laying out at the beach, I put either a T-shirt or a hat or something over my face with my sunglasses on. So I'm not getting any sun to my face. So my eyes don't hurt and I'm not getting... Just on your body. body. Yeah, I don't like it on my face. Oh, okay. So you're basically getting like a bath of warmth. I literally will get a t-shirt and put it on top of my eyes. Yeah, I do not want the bright light in my eyes. Never. Anyway, are we, are you, is that your last, did you already do your last question? I think that was it. We did three, right? All right, people, people, thank you for listening. Have a very happy May. Have a very happy time. Hopefully we can all go to the pools and the beaches and such real soon here. It's cold in our cities today, unfortunately, but hopefully soon. But yay, yay. All right. See ya. See you guys in a couple Bye. weeks. Bye.